Hey, chaps. Happy Wednesday. Is it even a Wednesday? It probably is. We're up. Hey, guys. <clears throat> so, let's see if I need some lights around. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. <laughs> All righty. We'll just stick to bad lighting and have fun. All righty. So, some great things happening today. Um, I'm not big on. Uh, on stock trading, I think it's all a racket and gambling. That's uh, where I go a very different way with Dave Ramsey's uh, plan. You know, his whole thing of uh, step one, uh, saving up a grand, awesome, great idea. Two, pay off all your debts, smallest to biggest, get the heck out of debt, awesome. Step three, save up uh, three to six months worth of living expenses, awesome idea. And then his step four is max out your, your uh, retirement. Uh, and invest 15% of your income uh, into the stock market. Now, the stock market, again, we've, we, we keep speak, talking about local and practical. And the stock market is neither of those things. It's, it's imaginary. It's far off. It's global. It's uncontrollable. You can't control uh, the business you, you um, invest into. Um, it's, it relies on confidences. Which is why this whole meme stock thing is so awesome. It's it's phenomenal. It's great. I love it. I'm loving what's going on, but I'm speaking as an outsider. Um, so I, uh, you know, previous jobs I had a, a a match, you know, whatever, and cashed those out. Um, again, against the advice of of logic and and the wisdom of the world. Um, and uh, at the fall of at the fall at the fall of the the market uh, with with the coof with the rona um i invested like three grand and and doubled my money and and got out and i was like yeah this isn't this isn't good for my integrity this isn't good for for what i believe in so i'm not going to do it um and so watching these guys take down the big dogs who do this every day for a living has been pretty fun uh and it's, you know, it's going to show people the rigged system again because the Wall Street guys are going to get bailed out by the banks, by the Fed or, you know, whoever again. And uh, so they're, they're going to they're gonna screw over the little guys again, screw over main, Wall Street screws over Main Street again. Like the house doesn't lose. Um, but it's just fun watching them squeal. Um, and uh, I pray for their continued success. Uh, the, the Reddit autists, that is. I pray for their continued success. But let's start talking about plans. Uh, the Reddit autists are a great uh, analogy for us right now of working a plan. You know, so what is a plan? A plan is we're going to climb that mountain. Uh, that's the objective, right? There's an objective. There's a mission. Uh, so what do we need to do to get there? You know, we need to... We're gonna we're gonna take down Wall Street. What do we need to do? We need to find some stocks that are low valued and uh, pump them up, meme stock uh, that these big guys have got shorts on, and we're gonna bankrupt them. Like great, that's a great plan. And now you get as many you show the plan, you get as many people uh, to do the plan as possible. And it's like that in life, you know. As men, we are mission orientated. God created us to want to pursue a mission, pursue an objective, and so. A lot of times we fall into other people's plans. School, the, the public school system is falling into other people's plans. That's why so many people do so well in the school system. It's like, oh, someone else is planning my day, planning what I've got to do. And I just got to do the stuff. 
and I will be, I'll have honor in the hierarchy or success in the hierarchy. Um, and then they, they leave school and kind of fall apart because, well, there's no one planning for me, you know, so oh, got to go to university where again, there's a plan for my life. Oh, got to go to a, a big corporation and work for them. So there's a plan for my life. And if you don't have that, you kind of fall apart. That's why a lot of people struggle with entrepreneurship or struggle with um, dropping out of the 40-hour rat race because, well, at least I know what to do. At least I know, you know, eight to five, this is what I have to do. There's a plan. But is it a plan you want for your life? No, but it's a plan because I don't know what I want for my life. And if I did, I can't withstand being the one responsible for that plan. And so I never do it. And so Dave Ramsey is another great example of a great plan, right? A lot of guys struggle with their finances because they've never been taught how to plan and work a plan. Dave Ramsey comes along and he's like, yeah, he has a seven step easy enough plan. It's like, awesome. The plan works. Follow the plan. Follow the plan, work the plan, do the plan, and you'll be debt free. You'll become, you'll build wealth. You'll become financially independent. And so as Christians and as nationalists, what's our plan? You know, a lot of churches, uh, the plan is uh, have uh, is get as many people saved as possible. That's the objective, right? We want to see salvations. That's the objective. And for me, that doesn't really, that's not a, it's only half, it's only half of God's plan, right? God's plan if God's plan was just for people to get saved, you might as well, as soon as someone gets saved, put a bullet in their head and send them to heaven, right? Like, otherwise, you know, what happens between being saved and the next, you know, however many years of life you have left on this earth? What's the plan? Oh, no, get other people saved. Okay. And then what? Oh, and then get other people saved. And then, like, there is no, there is no dominion theology. There is no extending. When God created Adam, he created man, and he says, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion over the earth, right? So God gave us a dominion mandate to live out the image of God onto the garden around us. You know, when you look at Abraham, uh, what does it mean to be, you, you look at, the, at all the men who are great men in the Bible, Abraham, David, Solomon, uh, some of the prophets, um, what are the... What are the plans that, you know, how can we model them, right? A lot of it has to do with wealth, land, and power. Wealth in the sense of, of economic productivity. Land in the sense of stewardship and ownership of land. And then power as in familial power, clan, tribe, political power. There's a, a, a great template of life is not just meant to be spent in the temple, but it's also then what happens once you exit the temple after giving your offerings, right? And a lot of people will be like, oh, but brother, we are the temple now. We are the temple. And it's like, yeah, I agree with you. That temple now moves onto land, moves into wealth, moves into power. We have to do stuff, right? There's a plan that God wants us to, uh, to work out. You know, a, a great, uh, I think I was watching Jonathan Shelsworth, but he said, um, wealth in the hands of a godly man or to be different to wealth in the hands of a wicked man land in the hand of a godly man is different to land in the hand of a wicked man power in the hands of a godly man is different to power in the hands of a, of a wicked man so when we look at ourselves as christians 
you know, a lot of the times we're like, man, like, would things be different if I had wealth? Yeah. Would things be different if I had land? Yes. Would things be different if I had power? Yes. But then we go and be like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I shouldn't have wealth. I shouldn't have land. I shouldn't have power. It's like, why not? Like, did God not make you trustworthy enough, a man of integrity enough to steward well in his image? So you're going to leave it up to wicked men to do that. So when it comes to working the plan, one of the biggest things as Christians that churches do not hit on is getting out of debt and having a, a solid honor and reverence for living uh, content and living uh, debt-free and then living in expectation of God's financial blessing. So, you know, that that's that's something that we really need to major on. And a lot of times, like, and guys, I, this is not a condemnation thing. I, I was severely in debt. You know, my wife and I were in credit card debt, student debt, land debt. Uh, at one time in my life when I was bored of, of the 40-hour life, I was looking up Jaguars and Jeeps online to try and finance with credit. Like, I've done all the stuff. We've also dug ourselves out of debt on a very meager income. You know, I uh, when I got to America, was working entry-level jobs. Um, my wife was working at a grocery store, um, and we actually felt – uh, the conviction that that she should not work. So for a long time, we've been on one one income, and the, just through the blessing of the Lord and through following a plan, like boom, we got out of debt, we built up some wealth. Um, I think the power in that is that I'm I'm now I'm not beholden to a bank, I'm not beholden to a job, so I'm free from debt slavery. And I'm free from wage slavery. Neither are a sin. Like, you know, I, I laugh at guys, but like slavery is not a sin, right? Slavery is not a sin in the Bible. There's rules regulating slavery. Uh, but it does say throw, throw aside every weight that hinders you. Uh, and, you know, there's freedom for the captive, liberty uh, for the captive. So if it's up to us, if it's within our own power to uh, escape from slavery, then, yeah, by all means, we should, we should walk out of slavery. And so one of those things is, is slavery to debt. And then because you're enslaved to debt, you're forced uh, to, you know, continually go to a wage that censors you or uh, sears your conscience or prevents you from doing what you are called to do, right? So this is the next thing. Once you've gotten out of debt and built up a bit of wealth, what has God put on your heart to do, right? Ministry is not Sundays being a pastor, sitting in the in the pulpit and preaching the good news, it's one form of ministry. But ministry is the the, the specific talent and, and, and who God made you to be serving others, right? So if God made you to be to love vehicles, be a really good mechanic, that's a ministry, right? Now be a, a, an amazing mechanic by taking a risk of this is what I'm going to do full time to honor the Lord. I'm going to follow my passion and use my skill to serve people. And again, it's not in a way that Oh, if I'm in ministry, does that mean I have to do it for free? No, you can do it for free if you want to bless people. But uh, in Proverbs, it says, um, you know, a righteous man uh, sells his grain. You know, it's talking in Proverbs there of, of a farmer taking risk to plant food, harvesting it, and then serving people by selling it. You know, and what a service. Like, man, like there's... I was going to starve to death and this farmer thought ahead and plant food like, yep, I'll gladly pay you for healthy, non-pesticided, 
like thank you for not planting soy thank you for raising beef on grass like that's a great that's a blessing like what a ministry and i'm glad to pay you money for it a a minister is worth uh honor you know he's, he's due honor and and we should think of our passions and our talents that way of of sort figure out a plan to get out of debt to get out of wage slavery and you know if your if your wage is doing what your ministry is like that's awesome like god bless you but for the majority of us who who it's not you know we get to this this place of like all right lord here's what i think you've made me to do i'm really passionate about this i love this thing i'm i'm good at it like i, I like studying it or i like learning it or practicing it uh, i've got some skill in it and a lot of times we think we don't because we haven't had the opportunity to minister it right my wife and I joke quite often, but but we part of our business is we go to auctions, and uh, over the Christmas season, the auction the auctions all shut down for Christmas, and so we hadn't been to an auction for a month. And when we got back, it's like, oh my gosh, we're rusty at this. Like we are bad. <laughs> like it, it could have been like, oh my gosh, if, if we had just tried one auction, I'd be like, oh man, we bought everything but high. We didn't really buy things we wanted. We overbid. We you know, like it was just a disaster, our first auction back. But it's like, okay, like we need to get back into the swing of things because we haven't done this for a month, right? Next auction, a lot better. Next auction, a lot better. And it's like, we're actually really good at this. We love it. Like this is something that we're we're serving our community with. And it's like, yeah, we're good at it because we've put, there's time going into it where you're like, really, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. But if we had just done the first one, it's like, I like this, but I'm not good at it. So I'm not going to try. And so we have to get to this thing of, of working out a plan of how do I get in front of people um, and not worry about the losses at first, not worry. And, and that comes to being debt free and to, to having saved up a bit of wealth or built up a bit of wealth of allowing yourself through the failures of, of first attempt of first launch. But I think it's also the thing of seeing yourself as I am blessed and everything I put my hand to is blessed and going into it with that mentality of like, all right, Lord, like, you know, Deuteronomy 28, I obey you. By Jesus' blood, I am righteous. I am blessed. Uh, and so I know that your blessing is upon me. Um, you know, Deuteronomy 28 is a plan. Like, that's a plan for us. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your stock, your herds. Blessed shall be your basket, your needing well. Blessed will you be when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Land, power, wealth. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, keep a clean conscience and understand what Jesus has done for you as far as righteousness and fulfilling the law. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by my name and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body, increase of your stock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you as good treasure, the heavens to give you rain on your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you. Like that's a game plan. Game plan, game plan is I'm blessed, set my hand to things. I'm blessed, go do things. You know, so I think one of the biggest things for us is a practicality, a localism and a practicality returning to the church, returning to, again, conservatism 
libertarianism and Christianity, modern Christianity, church, churchianity, conservatism, libertarianism, and churchianity have no plan. They have no work. They have no praxeology, right? But nationalism and traditional Christianity, Bible-based dominion Christianity, are heavy on praxeology, right? Nationalism. Do you love your people and love your place? Yes. Well, now this means that I treat my people differently and I treat my place differently, even to my own discomfort or hurt or, uh, you know, it's not going to be my inconvenience, even to my own inconvenience, right? So I don't go to Starbucks. I go to my local coffee shop, even if it's more expensive and slightly worse, a product, you know, like I don't go to Starbucks. I don't go to Walmart. I don't go to Kroger because they, they don't love my people. They don't love my place. Um, I don't, I don't, Economically, I make decisions that bless my people, my place. You know, we have to understand this, that there's a, a nationalistic plan that does not involve shutting down the Fed and blockading China. And, you know, do, like we have no power to do that. But what do we have power? It's our buying power, right? If there were 80 million people who voted for the Donald, like that's a huge market block that we could do a self-blockade against China. We're just not going to shop at Walmart. We're just not going to shop at all of these franchises that are destroying our towns, right? You, we have to understand about, about franchises as well, about McDonald's, Starbucks, you know, any of these food franchises, they've destroyed Main Street, right? Main Street used to be mom and pop shops, mom and pop restaurants, mom and pop grocery stores, hardware stores. And these franchises have collective buying power to import China junk, China food, uh, factory farmed, cheap ass, terrible food and undercut and sell at such a cheap rate that mom and pop shops who maybe, you know, buy from the local farmer and make it in, in their kitchen, they can't afford to drop their prices low. So everyone's like, oh yeah, we don't go to the local restaurant because their hamburger is twice the price of uh, McDonald's. And it's like, yeah. And you're, you're destroying, you're, you're being a globalist. You're destroying your own community by your own buying power. No, but I voted for Donald. Like I voted for Donald. It's like, yeah, but you're still doing the things that are Democrat. Like you're being a, you are being an economic Democrat. You're being an economic liberal, even if you voted conservative. Same now goes for church, right? Churchianity. A lot of guys have this whole thing of like, you know, uh, we should, you know, we should uh, have our big shot evangelical leaders or whatever talking heads and intelligentsia and all of this or the Pope, or, you know, whoever the big shots in your denomination are, they should be denouncing feminism. They should be denouncing grievance politics, Marxism, liberalism, enlightenment, globalism, uh, race grievance. You know, they should be going for it. But then you uh, just play in and send your kids to, to government school and you have the TV piped into your house and you... Um, you know, don't act like Christ in your own personal life. And it's like, you're being a, you're being a personal liberal, but asking your leaders to be traditional. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. We have to have a very high praxeology, a very high work rate in our personal lives. And then it doesn't matter. You know, my wife and I were just chatting this morning. It doesn't matter if there's women preachers because I'm not like, it, it's a thing of, you know, we have these theological things of like, oh, there shouldn't be women preachers. There shouldn't be, uh, the, whatever your theological positions are that are not being met by the higher ups, it's like, it doesn't affect me. 
I don't go to a church led by a woman. I don't uh, go to a church that supports Black Lives Matter. I don't go. Uh, I, I personally am not. I'm not turned up because I don't put my life into an, a lack of integrity, a, a hypocrisy of what I believe. I'm trying to live it out personally and practically. I'm trying to work the plan. So, you know, one of the biggest things, a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, women preachers, it's like, don't show up. Don't, like, oh, Beth Moore, don't, don't give her clicks. Don't watch her crap. Don't buy her stuff. Don't show up at her events. Don't even talk to her. That's what they want. They want reaction. They want clicks. They want, you know, it's one of the things on Twitter. I love, I love when trolls come and be like, no, this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, like share my stuff. Like make my stuff pop up in the algorithm. Make your however many people follow you read my stuff. Like that's awesome. Like thanks. You know, I don't need to argue. Um, I just need your reaction to fuel my message. And so I think a lot of times as, as nationalists and, and as Christians, we forget uh, the, the massive repentance power, the massive blessing power just in our personal lives. You know, so if, if I uh, and my wife and I have, we, we haven't set foot into a Walmart for I don't know how long. We haven't set foot into a Kroger uh, for at least a month now. Uh, we, we haven't set foot into um, a Lowe's. Uh, we haven't set foot into a McDonald's for years. We haven't set foot. You know, we don't, we don't go. Our, our life doesn't contradict our high ideals. Okay. And sure, you know, there's 20, 80 things, you know, we, we, for instance, we canceled our prime card, we canceled our prime credit card and membership. Uh, and there's just necessary evils, right? I just, I just messaged the, uh, the mystery grove guys. Great book, by the way, you guys should all Let's see if I've got it here. No, I don't. But anyway, mine were of trouble. Uh, great book, the mystery grove guys. Um, I highly recommend it. But anyway, so I messaged them. I was like, Hey guys, is there any way you can send me your book without me paying through Amazon? The corporate warlord Bezos and his logistical system. Uh, and, and they can't, you know, for them, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. For a lot of guys, it's, it's the only way to conduct their business is unfortunately through a monopoly. That's no fault of our own. You know, I, it's understandable. Like if your business has to conduct through Amazon, fine, that's understandable. But start praying for alternatives. Start praying for wisdom. God, would you miraculously deliver me? from having to use my enemy's logistics, having to use my enemy's platform. And, you know, so if you guys, again, I'm, I'm not placing condemnation on you. If you guys have to get your food at Kroger or Walmart, like it's understandable. If you have to go get construction stuff at Lowe's, it's understandable. But put in your heart, set your heart to be like, I want to find the alternatives. I would like to start getting free from the things that I am complicit in that I don't agree with on an idealistic level. You know, and, and, and that kind of life requires a, a bit of a sacrifice, right? A life of conviction requires a life of sacrifice. Um, and so that's why I say it's, it's a process. It's a, you know, I haven't arrived, but I've left, you know, and for a lot of us, we just haven't left, right? You get these Charlie Kirk uh, conservatives who are like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, oh, man, I, I've just been so far off of what they've. I've been so long blocked them out of my life. But like, for instance, that whole thing of, you know, they're trying to be the face of the conservative, the, the biggest face in the conservative movement. Um, but for instance, it's like guys like trotting out the homosexual agenda is, is it's destroying your people, you know, trotting out free market globalist businesses, destroying your place and destroying your people, you know, trotting out 
all these insane, uh, just insane positions that are are totally they're they're being framed as patriotic, but they're anti-nationalist, they're anti-people, anti-place, and so. You know, for us, we're never going to escape the gatekeepers. We're never going to escape the grifters. They're always going to be in high places. You know, our our war is not against flesh and blood. It's against grifters in high places. There's always going to be grifters. But they don't control me. They don't control my um, conscience. They don't control my personal actions. And so I just want to encourage you guys as Christians, working the plan, it's far more than just salvation. Right, salvation is the most important. It's it's we're born again. That's just the beginning, right? Being born again is just the beginning. So if salvation was the thing, it's like it wouldn't be born again. It would be like, all right, sweet, lights out, let's get out of here. That's you know that's why I'm I'm big on guys who are like, oh, just pray for the rapture, brother, or pray for Jesus to return, brother. It's like there's there's no theology of of waiting on God to come and save us because he saved us already. Like Jesus did what he did. He said, it's better that I leave, that the Holy Spirit may come and that you may be my image on earth, that you would go out and disciple the nations. What do you think discipleship means? Work the plan, right? Become more like Jesus, make your hell more like Eden, more like heaven, bring heaven onto earth, you know, do business, do wealth, land and power so that everything around you looks like as if Jesus did it, right? There's no... Uh, there's no ways that Christians having more money, more land and more power will not result in a better world. But here we are being like, Oh no, brother, just waiting for Jesus, just praying for Jesus to come back. And, and meanwhile, Jesus is like, I gave you all authority on heaven and on earth. Go work the plan. You go work the plan. Like, Oh, I just don't know why there's so much. I don't know why civilization's falling apart. I, I don't know why life is so terrible. You know, it's like, because you keep shopping at Walmart and because you keep sending your kids to public school and because you keep watching garbage TV and because you keep watching porn and eating sugar and soy, like you are your worst problem and you are your solution, right? That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we preach the good news to the poor, right? If you preach the good news to the poor, I've never understood this, right? I've, I've never enjoyed evangelical evangelist types who are always like, go get people saved, preach the good news. And it's like, Okay, because I've always had this issue of like, but then you just leave them, you, you get people saved and then there's no change in their life and they actually end up worse. They end up worse off than unbelievers because at least as an unbeliever, you're like, yeah, I should probably work for wealth. I should probably work for some power. And then they end up having a pretty materially a nice life. Whereas the Christian who has just left on his own has a guilt complex. They don't understand that they've been forgiven. They have a poverty complex. They don't understand that it's okay to work for wealth and land and power. And so they end up in a worse place than their neighbor, more sick, more poor than their unsaved neighbor. You know, so we, we get to this place where I now understand what it means to preach the good news to the poor. Why to the poor? Right. Obviously, the poor in spirit. Poor means this, someone who cannot help themselves. So spiritually, we can't help ourselves. We can't get saved. We can't obey the law on our own strength. Right. That's where Jesus comes and he, he obeys it for us. Deuteronomy 28 is so powerful when you understand that Jesus obeyed the Lord for us. We now occupy that position by faith and through grace. Like we, it is Jesus's blood that puts me in that place of clean, full righteousness of God. I now have every blessing that Deuteronomy 28 put on, on the Jews is now on me and probably even better. We have a better covenant. We have a better priest 
high priest. So when you preach the good news to the poor, you're effectively saying, hey man, Jesus died for you to take you out of condemnation, out of grievance, out of defeatism and poverty and lack, right? You now have to live in a new identity. You're born into a new person. You're a new creation. All creation is longing for you to be revealed as a son of God, as a Jesus is the king of kings. So we are the kings that he is king of. Now that identity has to start manifesting on the world around you. So we live differently, right? Like my morality changes, my speech changes, my thoughts change, my work changes. I'm now going to be an honest man. I'm now going to trust God for ideas uh, and wisdom to start working what he has made me to do. So, you know, that's where a lot of guys who preach the poverty gospel of like, no man, you know, if you get saved, you're going to have a life of poverty and disease. And it's like, okay. I mean, I'd rather commit suicide, but okay. You're, you're going to struggle with Deuteronomy 28. You know, it's, it's a both and thing. Of course you're going to get persecuted. Of course you're, you're going to have things in life where the devil tries to destroy you, but I'm not going to sit and take it. I'm not going to sit and take the devil's attack on me of, of trying to put disease on me and put poverty and violence on me. You know, what is civilization? Civilization is the peace and prosperity. I think in Jeremiah, he, uh, God speaks through the prophet and says, pray for the city that I've carried you away to. Pray for its peace, that in its peace you will have peace and you will prosper. Build homes, get married, have families. Peace and prosperity, that's civilization. Civilization is the peace as opposed to violence and prosperity as opposed to poverty of your people and your place, right? Nationalism and Christianity, civilization. In Africa, where I come from, no peace. It's violence. Violence is the rule of the land. And no prosperity. It's poverty. Poverty is the rule of the land, right? That's why there's no civilization there. Like civilization is in ruins because there's no peace and no prosperity. Come to America and you're like, whoa, like for the first time in my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm in civilization. And obviously it's, it's fast crumbling because us, the stewards of civilization, us, the civilizers are not doing our, our job, right? I mean, there's still, there's, there's, I say that on a meta level in, in pockets, like, man, I still, where I live, I'm like, this is civilization. I don't have to lock my door at night. Why? Peace. You know, I'm able to, to do things that I'm passionate about. Why? Prosperity of my people and my place. I've experienced the opposite of this, you know, for guys who, who preach against this and, and who are, are totally against Christians having any sort of, of impact on the world. It's like, cool, man. Give me all your money and you go move to, to Africa and enjoy, enjoy your theology. Enjoy violence and poverty. Enjoy it. Like, go enjoy it, man. You know, and uh, you don't understand that even a, 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 a low level, what's the word I'm looking for? A poverty line existence in America is far, far more peaceful and prosperous than a well-off lifestyle in South Africa. And, um, and, and indeed, many parts of the world, Asia, Africa, are, are totally lack of civilization. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys, be civilization builders, work the plan. What is the plan? The plan, the objective 
is the peace and prosperity of your people and your place. And if, if you still struggle with this thing of like, oh, no, I, I don't want peace or prosperity for myself. It's like, that's fine. But what about your people? What about your place? Do you want your children to be more prosperous and more peaceful, to enjoy more peace than you have? Do you want peace with your family? Do you want peace with your wife? Do you want peace with your in-laws? Do you want peace with your neighbors? Do you want peace? Like this political crap show in America is just a lack of peace. There's no peace. There is no peace. It's like, I want peace. I want peace. And then prosperity. It's like, do you want people, you know, living in the gutter, living in tent slum cities? Or do you want people to, to be able to pursue what God has put in their life to do, which requires resources, right? Prosperity. It's, you know, it's hard to read the blessing on Israel and then see people be like, oh, but I'm not as blessed as Israel. It's like, guys, new covenant, new high priest. I am more blessed than Israel ever was. I am more blessed than Abraham ever was. I'm more blessed than David ever was. I am more blessed than Solomon ever was. Right? So, praise God. I uh, don't know what else I had in mind for working the plan. I think that's a good, it's a good little dabble. But I just want to encourage you guys, have your objectives clear of what you think God wants you to do. Trust, like get into that place of understanding you are blessed and start working at it. Start going hard and being like, all right, Lord, I know that you love me. I know that I have no condemnation. I have no grievance that you want to provide for me. You want to protect me. You want to promote me. And so I'm going to work. I'm going to work hard from that place. I don't work for God's blessing. I am blessed. And so I get to work hard out of blessing. You know, it's, it's, I'm fortunate enough to have had a wealthy father who built a huge business. And, and I grew up in that environment of knowing that I was going to take over the family business. It's a mindset of, I don't need to work for wealth. I work from wealth. I don't need to work to build stuff. I work from having stuff. It's a totally different mindset of working. And it's the same way with, with this. We are blessed. We are blessed. Get into Deuteronomy 28 and understand, like meditate on this, like write out the stuff in your journal and be like, I am blessed. Like because of Jesus' obedience, I access the blessing that was in a weaker covenant, a lesser covenant. And I get more of it. Like chaps, it's not a, it's not brain science. The blessing of God, God wants to bless us if we will believe it and be like, yeah, I will be blessed. I will receive your blessing. I will obey you with my conscience. I will keep a clean conscience. And, you know, that's the next thing. It's like, I think a lot of guys think mission, mission work is God, I will die for you. I will give everything for you. It's like, well, go to Africa, go to Asia. No, you can do it right in your neighborhood, in your economy, your local economy. You can be a missionary to America, having the same mindset of like, God, I will die for you. I will speak the truth for you. I'll be ridiculed for you. I'll be uh, martyred or um, persecuted for you. I'll go to jail for you. At the same time, both and, I expect your blessing. I expect what you did for Abraham to be more on me. I expect what you did for David to be more on me. I expect what you did for Solomon and Joseph to be more on me. You know, I expect to be a man of great faith in my community, in my local area, in wealth, in land, in power. And then I'm going to use that wealth, land, and power with a martyrdom spirit, with a mission spirit of like, I'm not afraid to go hard for the kingdom. Love you guys.
bless you guys have a awesome evening amen